0: This is episode 374 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome. In this episode, I talked to Pavel Nitter of Carbon Studio about their VR action-adventure game Warhammer Age of Sigmar Tempest Fall. This is basically Diablo, but in VR. Seriously, that's what it is. And if that sounds fantastic, then this is the show and game. For you. no. This is quite an extraordinary game in that it throws you into a crazy, ridiculous universe and puts you into the shoes of someone who's also equally crazy and just extraordinary, I should say, more than that, and just does a fantastic job of replicating what that experience might be. You're... Swinging spells or swinging massive axes and swords, and it's just just over the top and ridiculous, which is what Warhammer Age of Sigmar is. It is over the top and ridiculous, and you feel much larger than life. You feel just massive in this game, and they really pulled it off. And that's why I was so happy to have Pavel on to chat about its design and development. I do love VR games. I really do. I think it's a fantastic platform to play games on. And if you've got the equipment, then I highly recommend listening to this show. Because this one, this game, it's, it's something special. They're all special on this show. But this one is equally so to all the other games that have been featured on The Sausage Factory. So, without further ado... Let us listen to me on the relatively recent past talk to Pavel. Chris, take it away. Pavel. Hello. (laughs) Who are you and what do you do?
1: Um, My name is Pavel and I am the marketing director at Carbon Studio. Um, Like I just mentioned, I do a lot of marketing. So um, my job is to spread the word about our games and making sure that the audience understands um, what kind of entertainment they're going to have from our side. So basically, I'm the messenger of the studio.
0: Yes. And what, what a game that we were talking about <laughs> today. Um, regular listeners will know I'm a big fan of VR. I play a lot of VR games and um, Warhammer Age of Sigmar Tempest Fall really caught my eye when I got a press release. As I do. Oh. And like, oh, what's this? That's amazing. <laughs> it's like, why well, was I not aware of this game? And uh fortunately I caught it just in time. I've got i got it sort of like two or three days before it's released. So it's all right, we're all good. And uh I just had to, I reached out and said, Yeah, I'm sadly there were some problems with spam that happened so often. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we ended up, and we ended up, myself and the PR, sort of having exchange an on emails on our spam folders. It was quite amusing for a little bit. Um, and even <laughs> to this day, every exchange we have just goes into each other's plans. I don't know what's going on, but clearly something. But anyway, Parville, please tell us, how did you make your start making video games?
1: Oh, my. Um... So I started in 2016, Mm. Um, so that was like almost five, six years ago. I started uh, as a PR and community manager at uh, Seymour Studio. That was a small indie studio that was, um, I believe, set up in 2014, I believe. And we were working on uh, a carding game. And then we went into VR, which was our Racket Fury a table tennis VR, which is on Oculus. Um, then my journey took me to um, Jujubee, uh also an indie company in Poland, uh, where we also did VR. We had a deep diving simulator uh, VR. Also, we did Korsk. Um, and we also were working on Dark Moon and Real Politics too. And fast forward now, I'm here at Carbon Studio where we've just released uh, Warhammer Age of Sigmar Tempestful. So my, my, my journey is quite boring <laughs> in terms of uh, like a backstory, but um, yeah, it's an it's an enjoyable one, and I really love what I do. Basically, what's, so what's
0: the biggest difference you think from promoting or advertising or upselling or whatever horrible phrase i've coming up with all of it horrible sorry bubble what, <laughs> communicating understand. that's the better way of when you are rather than a what they call a flat game versus mm-hmm. a vr game what are the biggest differences do you find apart from the obvious being there are some barriers of entry but that, that aside What's the other thing that you find that's the kernel of differentiates VR experiences when describing them to um, those of the more
1: traditional type? I think I think the biggest difference is cl- kind of like a cliche because uh, in VR, basically, you are the player, but physically. That's the biggest difference mm. than from a, from a traditional video game because... In, in VR, basically, every motion that you're doing, you're doing it. Like, you're responsible for lifting a your finger, you're responsible for lifting your hand, doing the full range of motion. For example, in our uh, Hammer Age of Sigmar Tempestful, well, you are responsible for casting by doing a horizontal movement with your hand. So it's not like you're pressing a button and, you know, you're uh, shooting lightning. It's just like you have to do a fully-fledged uh, casting of a spell and the difference, I believe, is basically in the immersion that you have in VR. Basically, you are, um, like I mentioned, you you are doing the whole the movements. Like you are in the game. You are set in, for example, in our uh, world of Shaiish. Um, you are you are basically Lord Arcanum Caster Stormscrier, and you are that that character. Physically, you are doing all the movements that the character is doing. Not like you are just pressing and then animation plays out. No, you are physically fighting, traveling, you know, climbing and stuff like that. So the difference is basically in the immersion and the uh, the physicality of, of of the medium, basically. I so think I, for me, if hmm? I may,
0: just to embellish on what you are saying there, one of I played a VR game for the first time, which I think it was Res. It was Res Mm -hmm. PSVR, Mm -hmm. and the first thing I did is to look behind me, because you can't (laughs) do that in video games. You can't not, you know what I mean? Like you're still facing. You can
1: turn around, yeah.
0: You can can turn (laughs) around, but just to look behind you and look around, that different. That's the big thing. That's a big deal. And also I remember the X Wing demo on the PSVR as well, and getting into uh. the looking down into the cockpit and realizing that while there's wires hanging out, we know why <laughs> now because you know, those things are just stuck together with bits of duct tape. But you know, you, you wouldn't fly one; you would never fly an X Wing. No, no, <laughs> no, because no. it's, it's barely. It's amazing they fly at all. But um, yeah, it's 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 quite a thing. And you're right; the player becomes the controller. Or becomes more than a controller, they become the entity in which in many cases that's being represented. You are the, the you know. Rather it's so Exactly. In in for me, when I first saw Warhammer, Age of Sigma or Tempest Four was, Oh look, it's like Diablo, only you are the dude rather than you just mouse clicking <laughs> and it totally is. It just feels like that. I know mean, it totally is. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like oh, it's just a hack and slash. As I say just a really beautiful, wondrous wondrous hack and slash. But it is that. And I just remember back in '97 when I was playing Diablo on my Windows '95 PC, and going, "Okay, this is amazing. This game's like the best dungeon crawl ever." I would never imagine in a million years that twenty six, seven years later, I'll be actually the dude doing the um, doing the, um, the the swinging of the weapons. But here we are. It took a little while, but... And it's VR, also a little
1: more tiresome,
0: right? You know, uh, well, no, I like that. I think it's good to get that. It's very, you know, I stand when I play my VR games. I'm just a big fan of standing. You kind of need to. Yeah, with, me with, too. Um, I'm a big... Um, wait, um, so yeah, you need to stand for this one. And that's good.
1: But no, I don't... That's know that good. And it's also a nice change of scenery when you're working and you're simply standing instead of sitting in front of a yeah, desk.
0: Exactly, exactly. All melting on a couch (laughs) right right. yeah me me playing halo infinite i'm just melting on the couch while i'm shooting people (laughs) in the face anyway um next question here we go now you can answer this um um, basically as the as carbon studio i think just the what's basically you're you're a creative outlet you make stuff Mm -hmm and uh, I just want to ask what are your biggest influences
1: as creators biggest influences as creators um as carbon studio i think I think this is a cliche this is like the biggest cliche in v r but I think that I think that half life Alex is like the creme de creme of of v r games like basically they've raised the bar so high. <laughs> that a small indie studio or even a medium indie studio is like, so, so um, I wouldn't say that like difficult, because it is difficult, but it's more like you have to think in different ways to engage, uh, the player and what Half-Life Alex da- did is something amazing. And it, the immersion level is through the roof in that game. And I think it's one of the biggest influences in our studio because like, you could ask everybody, anybody in our studio, what's the best VR title to them? And, like, hands down, everybody would say that it's Half-Life Alex. So that's the biggest influence in terms of what we want to replicate in terms of immersion, um, how the player would react to certain things. So it's like, you, you, just, you just have, like, a roadmap to, okay, we have to do that, we have to do that. Oh, they did this. Okay, let's change that. And it's like, Half-Life Alex is... Like I mentioned, raised the bar so high that uh, it's it's just an amazing experience. If if someone didn't play Half Life Alex in VR, that's one one of those games that I would re- recommend wholeheartedly. Like you have to check out Half Life Alex. <laughs>
0: oh, that's Basically. a fantastic answer. And let's delve into this a little bit because it was my game of my game of the year twenty twenty. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I adored it. You're right. And I think I've said this before on the show, but I'm going to expand a little bit more on it because there's aspects of that game which create extraordinary drama out of the most mundane of actions. Oh, yes, yes. And that's that's key, I think. It's really, you know, I'm not going to talk too much about this, but the handling of the pistol and the gun and how you deal with Mm -hmm. that, the effort required is so great that you are terrified of taking one shot and missing, because missing (laughs) is like, oh, no, no, please don't miss, no. Now, yeah. <laughs> please, because because in most games reloading is a simply case of hit key and mm-hmm. the job's done. Exactly. In yeah. in Half Life, Alex, it's a whole process that mm-hmm. you really don't have time to do when you've got all these head crab people marching towards you, to trying to tear your face off. And yeah, and you're like, okay, oh, okay, okay, oh, okay, I'm gonna die now. I'm gonna <laughs> die, now, yeah. And and but yeah, also you are brought back to City Seventeen, which is a Almost like, oh, I'm back home. And like, no, you don't want to be here. No, No, you don't want to be here. (laughs) No, it's like, you know, no one wants to be in Ravenholm. Why? Because no one talks about Ravenholm. No one gets out of Ravenholm. It's it's like, yeah, you don't want to go here. Why would you want to be in City 17? But for some reason, we missed it. The gaming community missed it. And it's nice to be back into it. But um, yeah, it's an extraordinary experience. And to be influenced by that, knowing that they said, you know what? Let's take this exploit aspects of the interface, or how players can now interact with the world, whereas previously it was just this there's a huge sort of disconnect, I say huge but a significant disconnect, and you had to suspend your disbelief, whereas in v r yes. you yes. don't you for many aspects not all aspects you've still got a long way to go but in many aspects all those barriers are falling away and you've definitely exploited this in what i I think i
1: think i think that alex did something that no other vr games did and that is like the uh the interactions with the world are basically like on a whole nother level like if you remember the board at the very beginning that you can write something on it yeah. Yeah, the, the water physics and bottles, those are like that's the attention to detail that we would like to replicate in our games, but like it's like I mentioned the bar is so high. <laughs> and was was,
0: like, yeah, the resources required, but it it's it's an aspiration, it's a bar, isn't it? And that's it's right.
1: one of the best. One it's, of the best inspirations. And yeah. they've
0: got a really good story to lean into, you know, and we all joke that you know, Valve can't count to three. <laughs> um but um you know it's 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 there and I'm my only concern is that so few people have got to play it because of a variety of reasons. Um uh, mm-hmm. mainly because it's PC VR, which is still not cheap, uh, but I do say to people, if you've got a reasonable PC, <clears throat> get a quest two because you can get two platforms at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I say to people. That's my big selling point with with Quest twos is that you can actually hook them up to the PC, and Mm -hmm. uh, provided it's it can you can you got enough welly to it, enough strength to it, or power, uh, it can do you can do the job. And that's what I I do. So it's really good. Um, I think
1: I think that that's the best starting point for someone in VR. But like, if you experience Half Life Alex, you're like you have high expectations of the other VR games. Oh yeah, um, so maybe that's a bad thing. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: no, it's no. I, I understand. I I know where it sits, you know, uh, in in the, in the pantheon of uh, VR games. I know exactly where Half-Life fails. Exactly. Sits, my, I know. I know. But um, you know, I'm not suggesting that Beat sabers should have them thumbcillum. No, I'm not, because that's diff- that's a different experience. A good one. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Who who knew that using the lightsabers to to dance to would be a thing? But it is. So you know.
1: And it's a fun one. That.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Anyway. Next question. And this is also a little bit of a toughie. And you don't want to maybe not want to hurt oh, anyone's my. feelings. But that's fine. But uh what video game developer do you admire most in the industry and
1: why? Oh my, that's a tough one. Mm.
0: Um, Could it be a person or a company.
1: Person or company. Uh, me personally,
0: mm.
1: um, I have a soft spot for Quantic Dream uh, when they did the Legacy of Cain series, basically. Right. Um, that was, I think it, I think it was in the nineties to mm. the early two thousands. That the the Defiance, yeah, Legacy of Cain, Defiance was the last one. Um, and I think, for me personally, the writing, uh, the storytelling, the animations for that time. Uh, the atmosphere uh, gameplay i mean that's that's one of the pinnacles in my opinion of, of what video games can do in terms of storytelling um and nowadays nowadays i would say um i'm also a big fan of bioware games basically the mass effect series uh, dragon age series um like i'm i'm yeah a big fan of those and i think that storytelling basically video games for me are the most inter um, intimate forms of entertainment, ba- basically because you are basically witnessing and you have the interactions with the world where in, in parts with, with books or in, uh, in movies, you don't have that. You all, you can only like be a witness of what's going on. Like you just watch a movie and a book. They're of course, wonderful mediums, but games with that level of interactivity, they're, they're, and they're a much higher level to me because I, I when a developer creates, for example, a story, you are witnessing the story as the developer wants it. That's mostly because when you have like a linear experience. But when you have games that make you make choices that you can make your own, that's when that's a whole different ballgame. Like, for example, Planescape Torment, one of my favorite RPGs. Um, the amount of storytelling and the uh, the ways you can interact with those uh characters different endings that's it's just an amazing experience like i think that in terms of of the medium itself i think games have the edge above uh movies and books and also now when we have vr i think that the level of immersion is so much greatly ex- greatly expanded to a level that it's I'm so excited for the future, basically. that's I'm just waiting for what was going to be in like 10, 20 years with VR. And I think it's going to be an uh, exceptional experience uh, for the future generations as well. So, uh, But yeah, and to, to come back to your question, uh, Quantic Dream with Legacy of Kane series. Um, and I think an influence uh, for me personally, it was also fighting games, basically, like Street Fighter Two. I know that a fighting game is like a very rare uh, example, but um, I think fighting games have this edge above other competitive games that, um, for example, in League of Legends, for example, you have like a team, like you have five on five, you're like basically a cog in a machine. If you go down, basically the team can carry you up or the machine collapses because everyone is, you know, uh, weaker or something in fighting games. Basically, if you lose, you lose. It's like you cannot blame it on anybody else. You have either you mastered the character and you try to beat and predict what the other player is doing, and it's entirely on you. If you are very good, then your uh, your skill level is going up as as long as you're training your character. And yeah, I think that fighting games, in terms of like character development, like internally and in the real world. Builds up character like sports does. Uh, sports uh, games do in real life. So it's like, yeah, I'm talking a lot with this. <laughs> it's just like basically fighting games have always been my my, my forte when I was growing up, and uh, storytelling, like uh, the Legacy of Kane series, have always always had a, a huge influence on my career choice. Basically, because okay. going into games, uh, I know that I went up into marketing instead of like storytelling, like writing. But I also enjoy interacting with people, so it's like the best of both worlds in hmm. in this uh, in this regard.
0: I mean, I don't, I remember loving the Soul Reaver games, which I know are linked uh, mm-hmm. uh, to Legacy of Cain, uh, and uh, it's all like vampires and hell. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I'm a big fan of those games as well. They're wonderful. Um,
1: I, I but think... they were incredibly well written. Yeah, like the language yeah. was so so um how to say it extraordinary like very uh, shakespearean right like, something like that that was that was a huge and it was like it made an impression on me because i was like what 10 10 years old <laughs> <And> i was <laughs> yeah. like reading that and i was like damn <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i'd li- i mean oh, yeah, they, 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 i'm sure they will go back to it at some point but i think they've tried but nothing's really nothing's really stuck because it's difficult to go back i guess because a, mm-hmm. a lot of times have been, there have been attempts to reboot things and sometimes it's worked but then sometimes it hasn't and it's always that risk. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's the risk. That's yeah. the risk. Okay. Well, it's a fantastic answer. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> Thank uh, you. It was a long I, I, one. I hear you about the fighting games. I mean, uh, my favourite still to this day is for some reason Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast. I'm not sure why. Ah, uh, Soul
1: Calibur. It's, it's yeah. a good
0: one because you could sidestep and uh, I know you could do it in Soul Blade. I know it's just a predecessor to that mm-hmm. but that's the first time I actually encountered the Souls games with Soul Calibur 1. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it still holds up to this day, in my humble opinion. But hey, what do I know?
1: <laughs> well, there's also Tekken, which is the king of the 3D space, basically. Yes,
0: it was. <laughs> yes. Now.
1: It's still going strong.
0: <laughs> yeah, Tekken 7, lest we forget. Yeah. <laughs> Last question of the first half. Here we go. What are you playing right now, Pavel? Pavel.
1: Oh my, I play a lot of games to, mm. to keep track of what's going on. Yeah. Um, but recently, um, I played uh, Hell It Loose.
0: <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Uh,
1: with my buddies, um, which is Hell It Loose. I believe um, kind of, I always have to think back because I play a lot of games. It's like I have to think what was something memorable. I think um, I used to play um, Street Fighter Five just to keep tabs on the fighting community and yeah, yeah, where we go going with yeah. fighting games. Guilty Gear Strive is amazing, by oh, the way. Oh, yes, yes. Also awesome, an amazing fighting if you, game. If you
0: want to learn properly, no offence Street Fighter fans, or indeed Tekken fans, <laughs> but if you wouldn't want to learn the nuances of, of, and this is my opinion, you may disagree, but if you want to learn the nuances of classic 2D uh, beat-em-ups, I do think the Guilty Gear
1: game is just spot on. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> mm. I, I because in Street Fighter is more like focused on fundamentals like blocking, yeah, yeah. spacing, pacing, yeah. and stuff like that. Mm. But guilty gear strife has the aggression factor. Like oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah. have to be very aggressive to build up that meter, that tension meter. Yeah. And if you're defensive, it's not going up.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It does, it does I think that's the big you, difference. Um... Yes, it does reward you punching people in the face repeatedly. You're absolutely right. But,
1: yeah, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> if you want to be more defensive, then I think Street Fighter would be more your uh, forte. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah. You if can't. you want to just smash people in the face, then I think Guilty Gear is fantastic. <laughs> yeah,
0: Guilty Gear is not designed for those who like to turtle in. In,
1: in any exactly, game. exactly.
0: Uh, yeah, good point. Good point. But I just you know, maybe it's just me like that. I'm kind of attacking player. That's probably why I, I think that that it's a really good maybe tutorial. because like. <laughs> Isn't this how you're supposed to play these games no chris it isn't oh okay well i, like <laughs> I Man, what's the best form of defense but attack it's a terrible cliche. attack it's not, it's not even true but uh you know <laughs> it's, a terrible, it's wrong it's just wrong.
1: whatever works for you chris exactly whatever
0: <laughs> works for me and if that does work for me um but uh no it's yeah good good shout out. um but um okay well i think we're We're ready to move on to the second half of the show, where Mm -hmm. we are going to delve deep into Warhammer Age of Sigmar Tempest Fall. So, Pavel, before we can delve deep into Warhammer Age of Sigmar Tempest Fall, please, tell us, what is it?
1: Well, um, Warhammer Age of Sigmar Tempest Fall is a VR-exclusive action-adventure game where the player becomes Lord Arcanum, Caster uh from the Stormcast Eternals, and we embark on a quest to save the souls of our brethren just after the Necroquake hits so basically, we are just after the Necroquake hits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the story takes just after just after that. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. to give
0: to give um, before we delve into the mechanics of the game, and there are mechanics, everyone, all boys are mechanics, uh, and mechanics. Mm-hmm. I just want to give a little bit of a setting to to the listener, and then we can you can carry on talk about the mechanics of of uh, uh, Warhammer Age of Sigmar: Tempest Fall. Um, so Warhammer is a very old franchise. This is what this is Fantasy Warhammer, everyone, not 40K that didn't come out until '86. So so the original Warhammer was a very old game from the early 80s. And the one that's well known about fantasy is known as is is called Old World. Um, it's like the fantasy setting. Uh, and uh, but this is Age of Sigmar, which is the most recent version or interpretation or form that Warhammer Fantasy is now taken uh, by Games Workshop. Games Workshop have come up with this and this is the form it takes. And this is after the end times. So there are three distinct ages of Warhammer. The first age is the the Old World, known as the Age of Myth. And then there's the end times, which brought that, uh, that world to an end. Everything went, the, the realm of chaos overtook the world and just devastated it. And then um, the, uh, in response to this, um, the gods, namely Sigmar, decided to descend back onto the world. And that's the um, the uh, the mortal realms, as then they're known and he's he's now rebuilding, and he a, a, a and allied a bunch of other deities they're now walking amongst the mortals, which is quite extraordinary they they have direct regular contact with mortals, whereas previously the gods were barely barely there, but then they've decided to interact, which means that the world of age of Sigmar is very high magic. Lots of magic flinging around constantly. It's just extraordinary. Whereas in the original Warhammer games, it was low magic. It was um, what they call sort of um, low fantasy. And a bit like, you know, um, The Witcher. That's a very low magic environment. Whereas this is like just extraordinary spells going flying off from all over the place. And the, the the there are great champions that fight for Sigma, and you play one of those. You play principally a spellcaster, and um, it's what is called stormcasts. And they are summoned. They are great champions from the age of myth, and they're brought back to life, kind of uh, by the virtue of their uh, their deeds in life, and they're brought back. And that's what you are. You are a formidable warrior. Formidable warrior. And this is what Warhammer Age of Sigmar Tempestfall tries to imbue. So I think it's quite important that the listener knows that's the setting now, how fantastical the setting is. It is quite extraordinary. And um, there's an event called the Necroquake, which is mentioned. Uh, Pablo mentioned that's basically that's a whole series of events. You can read up about it. It's amazing. But basically, <laughs> this necromancer who has, you know, really, you know, he... He, he, he basically over delivers, you know, he really, he does it, <laughs> you know, he really pushes it a little bit too far. I mean, Necromancers like to, you know, summon the odd cat maybe, but no, he just, you know, he, he basically summons everyone who used to die and they just appear uh, and it's all terrible. And um, this is the, the an event It's called the Necroquake and this is the event. This has just happened. This has just happened. And um, you you are sent in by Sigmar, raised by Sigmar, to fix this mess. You didn't make this mess. No, you did not make it. That was the necromancer's thing. You know, he made a complete fuffle. There was some scathing involved as well. Look it up. It's amazing. But ultimately, that's his mess. You've got to come in and fix the mess. So, sorry, Pavel, to cut in there, but I just wanted to explain that to the listeners. Well,
1: that, that was a wonderful introduction. <laughs>
0: Thank you. So tell us about how what the game is, though. So it is a VR game, so talk us through that.
1: Yeah, so basically this is a VR game set in the Warhammer Age of Sigmar universe. As uh, mentioned, you are playing as Caster Stormsquire, and you embark on a quest to save... The last souls of your uh, brethren as chris mentioned there is a very powerful necromancer who is uh, basically the main villain of the story and we set up on uh, set up on the journey to to find the souls and during this fantastic journey of course uh, as chris also mentioned we are very powerful we are extremely strong so we wanted the player to feel that power uh, right from the get go basically you have uh, three types of weapons and you basically decimate uh, all the undead uh, all the undead that are basically roaming the world be, uh, because of the necroquake um and uh, yeah that's that it's an action adventure game basically you have a lot of action and a lot of adventure as uh, in these games that uh, before so i think um yeah, that's the, the action adventure is very easy to explain basically. <laughs>
0: the big difference though is that, you know, you are wielding the weapons. So you are actually holding the player is yes. holding them. You're not controlling a character from third person. You are it is first person. You are wielding the the it's all principally melee weapons. They do have range. You can summon lightning bolts from your hands cuz you are storm cast. Choosing a title, so <laughs> you know you can exactly. fling spells and things like this. But you don't just press a button to fling said spells. You have to actually evoke the spell. You have to you have to move and gesture and, and articulation is everywhere, and you have to move, and otherwise the spell will not be cast. And, yes uh, it's it's
1: something something that we developed from our previous titles the wizard series right basically we add the gesture based system uh where you had to like do a quick turnaround of your hand then you will have casted uh then we have cast a fireball for example so yeah. you would like to cast for example a, a light um an ice bow then you will do the motion that you're putting an arrow on the uh on the, uh, what's it called, the, in the bow? Uh, the, the string.
0: The string, yeah. It's just the, the string, draw, yeah. Drawing, drawing the string of
1: the bow, yeah. Yeah, thank you very much. And that's right. basically, you're doing the motion and you're casting. Like, it's very, very physical. It's very, it's quite hard hard to describe this kind of phenomenon, as I can say, because you're basically doing all these spells by your hand. Basically, like you're the, the magician in the wizard series. And in the in Warhammer Age of Sigmar Tempest, you're your Lord Arcanon caster Stormscryer, you are very strong. You are able to cast thunder from your fingertips. You are able to make a full range of motion and you will have a lot of lightning uh, cast and decimating your foes in your way. So it's like um, we basically made the game... Uh, we've basically expanded on the system from the wizards. So you are doing these gestures quite often, quite often, but also quite, they're quite powerful. Like this is the one of the biggest challenges basically uh, in our game was balancing combat. And I think combat is like, you would have to balance out being a very powerful warrior and having powerful or maybe not so powerful opponents. So the balance of, wow, I'm very strong. I decimated that skeleton. I can pick him up with one hand and snap his neck and stuff like that. So there's a lot of um, interactions that you can have with your opponents, but basically the combat is the uh, the main dish, so to speak, of our game. So we we did a lot of testing to to have the combat as immersive as possible so um for example um you can of course summon the weapons in your hands like you don't have them in like in a backpack or something you just simply summon them in your hands and you can dual wield both of them at the same time and casting spells both at the same time so it it really brings the epicness of the warhammer franchise as a whole so we, we well at least we hope we did a good job (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean We're although, bad one.
0: my first design question is about that because in warhammer age of sigma tempest four you have this ability to dual wield as you mentioned mm-hmm. and it does create you know it is quite potent to be able to do that and a lot of people are like oh i can dual wield. i can hear people with both things and <laughs> um was that always present in the design was that always from the outset yes We have to have this type of stormcast because, by the way, everyone, there's many different types of stormcast. Okay, and you're playing basically what I call the caster uh, version of a stormcast. There's a a warrior, defensive like tank that has a massive shield, they're bigger than themselves. Um, but you don't, you haven't taken that route, you've actually had it so that no, we're gonna have the caster. So, was that always baked in from the beginning?
1: Um, I think yes, because I, I, when I say I think, it's because um, usually when you're testing things out, you always want to go slow and small. So basically, you only had one weapon, and then you try uh, to make sure that it feels right. It has the it, had a, it has the exact weight of something that the stormcast would wield. And throughout the development, we basically thought that, hey, he's you're very, you're a very strong warrior, like you're, and you're the caster. So why not dual wield? So we thought about it. We implemented it. We tested it out, and what do you know? It, it was very fun. <laughs> so basically, yeah. we, we I can I can say that uh, it was it was a design choice. Basically, like we really really thought that since you're so powerful, so strong, and so mighty, why not dual wield and cast spells from your left hand? decimate your force on the right side then switch up again to the left like it's a whole lot of combos and combinations you can do it's it's quite potent as you as you mentioned. (laughs) Hmm.
0: And it just reflects the nature of the character
1: Mm -hmm. because they are
0: because it's ridiculous. That's the (laughs) point. Warhammer don't even know this I think I know Pavel you know it. It's satire. The whole (laughs) thing is comedy. It's absurd. At one point, early on in the game, the the character, the player character, says, "By Sigmar's beard!" It's just really, like, really, really. It's a catchy phrase, though. <laughs> it's a it's a catchy phrase. it's just it's always been underlying Warhammer. It's been an underlying um, tone of comedy and satire. It's very black, blurry, very, very dark and black humor. Very, very sort of like. Did that really just happen? Yes, but that's absurd. I know. Perfect. <laughs> we'll put it in. Put it in. That, that's it's absurd what... and
1: you should enjoy it.
0: Yes, exactly. So, there is no UI within Warhammer Age of Sigmar Tempest 4. And uh, that's not unusual because it's a VR game and putting a UI in mm-hmm. VR games is very, very hard. Uh, many people yes. have tried, and uh, normally what happens is we're well, wearing a helmet. Okay. <laughs> and you can you can see things and help. fine, so that's how they you know many games get around that but um what I want to know is what have you done in the design to inform the player of their state of health and how many and anything else like what they've got in their hands what what equipment they have what 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 are the things you've found to communicate to the player their current status?
1: Um, I think we did in terms of health, um, we did a bit of old school design <laughs> so basically when you get hit the the whole um, your vision becomes blurred and you have like a red let's say um, uh, how to call it like every you basically the entire screen what you're seeing becomes red so yep. like yep. you're kind of, um, you're kind of aware that you've it's not bad it's not good to 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 get hit <laughs> so now you know that you have been hit and you're like okay i have to i have to keep my distance now i have to be more strategic about this encounter so basically if if for example you would have um like a ui basically health i don't know a health bar uh on the side of your for example vision um when you would turn your head around it will become Cluttery like it will it would impact your vision. You would be it will break up the immersion as well, basically. And what we thought is the best option is basically when you get hit, the screen becomes red and you're like, OK, OK, and I, I have to keep my distance now. And it's also we've added, of course, uh, our wonderful sound design, because basically Caster becomes um, exhausted. Like he basically um, your your character is very almost invincible. So he he takes uh, the damage like a champ, um, but the design choice was to make a visual signal uh, to the player that okay you've been damaged. Don't go <laughs> don't go all Rambo now. <laughs> you should be aware of the health of what of what is going on around you. So um, that's what that's what I meant by going old school. Basically the. I believe the Call of Duty games in the 2000s had this uh, system where when you get hit the entire area becomes red and you have to hide wait wait a while the health regenerates and you move on and that's something similar we've we've tested it out here in Warhammer Age of Sigmar Tempest Fall and it worked uh, it, it was basically the best idea we could we could implement it was very um it was um yeah I think that was the best best option for us uh, Yeah, yeah I mean
0: us. also when a storm dies, they explode. I mean they don't yeah. lead, they just explode uh because they are just you know divine entities in themselves, yes um, but I think also there's a clever thing just want to make mention this before going to the next question really is the the runes on your weapons are lit, and the, mm-hmm. and every time you cast spells, those runes start to fade, not permanently, but they. Decrease, and then every time you're mm-hmm. casting spells, so that's a. I thought it was a really clever way of indicating how many how much magic power you have, kind of stored up. It's good.
1: Yeah that that, that was that was also the best option because basically when you destroy an opponent with a powerful magic magical attack, uh, we also had to balance it out that you're not too strong, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. yeah. So, so we basically made a limit of uh, mana that you have on the runes, and basically when when you have Each rune lit up. It means okay, you're full mana, basically. Yeah. But uh, I, I think the correct term is energy mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of mana. But it's, it's not for I, the purpose. I
0: it's just it's like it's like the lexicon <laughs> of video games. Oh
1: look, it's yeah.
0: blue. It's blue light. Must be mana. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> but you're right. It's energy. It's energy. It's, it's, oh.
1: it's energy in the Warhammer universe. Yeah, that's yes. correct. But yeah, as you yes. mentioned, basically it regenerates, and then you know, okay, I have half of my energy. Yeah. I have to be more selective now. Mm-hmm. Oh so, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Speaking of spellcasting, um in Warhammer Age of Sigmar, Tempest Fall, it's quite it's quite theatrical. You know, we've talked about this, the amount of gesticulation involved. Can you talk us through the the cycle of development for that? How 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 did you settle on what you ended up with, which is basically everyone you and depending on the kind of weapon you're holding, it then varies on depending on what kind of spell you trigger, or indeed, if you're not holding any weapons at all, you can just sort of fire lightning bolts from your hands. Um, so I just want to ask you, how did you find, you know, that basically, you could hold up a staff in the air and it would cause um, lightning to strike from the clouds and all that sort of stuff. So tell us, how, how has that uh, evolved and developed?
1: Um, well, as I mentioned, the, the biggest, let's say, foundation in terms of spellcasting was from the Wizard series. And that was, well, I would say easy to implement, but I know the design team would be very mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So so I would say um, that basically you have three weapons, and each weapon has three types of attacks. So you have the thrust, which is like a charge. Mm. Uh, You have raising uh, the weapon high above your head, which will be also another attack, basically like a status. Uh, For example, if you do... If you raise your weapon with the Tempest Blade, the Tempest Blade basically is now covered in um, energy and it makes your attacks more stronger. So uh, that's the second type. And the third one is la- the horizontal sweep. And that's uh, each also, each weapon has its own different ability. And basically, we thought that since you're Caster Storm Scryer, and you're very powerful, um, why not have spellcasting as a mage, basically, from your fingertips? Like, from the Wizard series, you were a wizard. In uh, Warhammer, Age of Sigmar, Tempestfall, well, you're basically a wizard. <laughs> a very um, powerful one, and armoured like yeah, a tank. More,
0: more like a sorcerer, tank, like warrior yeah. wizard kind of thing. But yes, yes. Um, <laughs> but,
1: um, basically, is, uh, basically, we thought that, there was also a very helpful suggestion from Games Workshop, who very were very helpful and supportive throughout the entire development process. And a lot of those intricacies, like for example, casting lightning from your fingertips instead of a weapon, uh, they thought that hey, that that would be cool. Like let's let's try and add that. And when you're fighting, for example, skeletons, you can pick one up with your left hand, and then another comes out and he wants to hit you. You're basically like striking your fingers, and it's like you know it, it blows him away. <laughs> so it's like you you really feel you don't have to have a weapon even to to destroy those skeletons. So it's like the freedom the creative freedom of dispatching your opponents is on the player like if you if you want to throw him off a cliff you can do that if you want to blast him with arcane energy you can do that you can rip him rip his uh, arms out his, his his head is like it's quite a sadistic in a way
0: <laughs> it's
1: warhammer <laughs> damn it so, what yeah. is warhammer exactly
0: yeah the <laughs> um, yeah, the fact that you uh, can pick up one of their skulls and then just sort of tear it from their spine like, there you go. They are not anything. They go away. Because you're the Stormcast, damn it. You know it's, just exactly. very, it's, it's, very, it's very hard for you to be taken down. It takes a lot of them. Trust me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it happened to me when I was, when I was playing it initially. So I was trying to get used to the weapons and the casting of the spells. And there are some triggers you've got to press at the same time and you've got to do it at certain timings and stuff, which is perfect because it makes sense. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I got surrounded. Silly me. <laughs> now I know how it works. You just take, you know. There's many different ways of dispatching them, even when hitting. I mean, I think hitting a the a, a skeleton with another skeleton is quite amusing. <laughs> um,
1: basically, it's good when you're surrounded because you can hit them from all sides.
0: Now, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Not so much the race, though. Not so much those. Um, so, a prominent yet often overlooked aspect of Warhammer is the universe that is. It's how distorted everything is, how the art style is, everything's a bit warped and odd and strange. How have you found integrating this key design aspect of the Warhammer universe into Warhammer Age of Sigma, Tempest Fall?
1: Um, I think this is the perfect spot to, 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 to say that Games Workshop were incredible in their support of developing the game and as you mentioned the distorted world uh, they've provided us with tons of references tons of uh, ideas how to how we could do that building how we could uh, what kind of texture should be on that building how much uh, how much it should differentiate from uh, like the old fantasy buildings um, basically um, we also have a very very talented and fantastic uh, art team and they did a phenomenal job of creating the world um so this this combination of the art team and games workshop's guidance basically enabled us to to create this world as as accurate as possible like i'm i'm quite convinced that if we have uh, an experienced warhammer age of sigmar player he immediately noticed that wow this, this this really looks good this really looks like from the books like from the other games so it's like um that was also a very big challenge to to, to create uh, Warhammer Age of Sigmar Tempestful because from our previous games, Age of Sigmar Tempestful is basically three times as bigger than the Wizard series, basically. It's a phenomenally big challenge, and I'm very, very glad that our team uh, managed to solve that challenge and overcome it. So in terms of the accuracy... It's a combination of the art team and, and Games Workshop, basically. So, I'm very thankful that Games Workshop was so so supportive of it, of it. So,
0: yeah, without them, it would have been quite difficult. But I think it is one of the most beautiful VR games I've ever played. And oh, thank you it, very much. I, I don't say that lightly, <laughs> but it really is. Does demonstrate what is possible, really, in in VR. Many people think, oh, they got to sort of take the the graphics down a notch or two. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> No.
1: um, I think, Maybe six years ago, yeah.
0: Yeah, six years. But people still still think like that. Like, no, it's not like that anymore. It's really not. And I just love the fact that, you know, when you're interacting with the bits of uh, anything in the world, you pick up, like, glasses and vials and mm-hmm. and just bits of bric a brac all over the place. It just feels so... Everything is just Warhammer. Even the most benign <laughs> thing. Even the stick is slightly like... Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> and it's just like, you've, you've really done an extraordinary job of taking someone and going, this is, you You think you know what Warhammer is like. You think, you know, you, you can put yourself in that world. Here, here's, here you go, we're going to drop you in. I mean, you're this really powerful character, so you'll be fine. Off you pop, and yes, like, exactly. And, you know, so it's, you're leading them in gently, like you know, you're almost invincible. You're, you know, you are immortal by definition. So you know, it's all yeah. on you. And uh, but you know, even still, it is utterly terrifying. It is just, it you is. know, there's one bit right at the beginning. It's not a spoiler at all. It's in the last ten minutes of playing, you walk in, you look up at this huge statue of Sigma is then half destroyed by a lightning bolt, not by you, by a mm-hmm. to add. and it's like, you know, it's just incredible. The lighting and the and there's also a bit where you enter into this sort of um, like like jetty harbour and it's these big floating mm-hmm. islands and there's like this setting sun with a green. Sky green like sort of sky it's just incredible mm-hmm.
1: and yeah i'm i'm very i'm very happy that the art team and everyone did a phenomenal job of bringing the atmosphere of a, War, of a warhammer age of sigmaric universe that's i think that's one of the biggest challenges also that we we wanted to make the world as accurate as possible and i think that we did a good job that even the biggest Lore experts of the universe will say, Yeah, that's yeah, that this is the world. This is Shaiish. (laughs)
0: Yes, this is is it and can we leave now <laughs> nope no well you can you've just got a job to do when you're done yeah, then, you, then you can yeah. then, you, then you can well I guess leave Um. but uh, no it's there's so much more to talk about like the hub world and there's a whole team you meet up with and there's crafting in the game everyone because it's a, there is RPG elements of it you can even though you're a Stormcast you can actually get even stronger believe it or not Um. so yeah I didn't want to delve into that too much because I wanted to that to 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 the listener to to f- discover for themselves, but it is all there, everyone, and the tutorial is magnificent. Really introduces the very uh, odd concepts, unusual concepts, unfamiliar concepts to uh, video game play. That because up until now. You know, the action of you having a character swing a sword is you press a mouse button or you press a button on a controller. Not anymore. Now you have to actually swing it yourself. If you mm-hmm. wanna if you want it, yeah. you know, and that's that's the really big thing. And you've done a great job of explaining that in the intro because you know, those those who are used to VR games go, Oh, i got this. That's fine. But you know, you have to cater to all audiences, everyone, and even still, exactly. the, the, the spellcasting—you need to pay attention to that bit. You really need to do it, pay
1: attention. Oh, that, that's, that's a very good point because uh, we always, we as as a developer, it is our goal to reach as many people as possible. Of so if if we only if we only focus on, for example, the VR audience as a whole, like, of course, their experience with with you know. Uh, fighting in melee based combat and casting spells and everything. But what, what about the player that is new to VR and just wants to check out Warhammer because he's a very big fan. Yeah. So we created that tutorial uh, that explains everything like use, uh, use this now grab this trigger. Okay. Now when you want to climb, you have to do this and this. And it's like very, I'm very happy with the tutorial because uh, like I mentioned in the beginning, it's, very important to reach out to the most, to, 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 to every player, basically. Every player has to have a shot of getting to know the game. Uh, some players are very experienced and they don't need a tutorial. That's also an option. You can skip it. Um, but the player that is new to VR and could be overwhelmed with the possibilities, basically being physically in a game. Um, that's why a tutorial is, is extremely important. And, you know, if if they don't want to use a tutorial, you, they can always skip it, but, well, don't blame us if you, yeah, you're yeah, not going to be able to do yeah, a lot. <laughs> I, I
0: certainly didn't. Uh, I respect tutorials in every game I play, um, even Threes. And uh, so there you go. I mentioned it, everyone. Take a drink. There you go. Um, I don't think Threes has a tutorial. It does, actually. You know what I'm talking about? Um, but the yeah. point being, it's it could be their first VR game. I mean, mm-hmm. personally, that's quite ambitious for a first VR game, but it could be. I would have gone, well, be. gone with Beat Saber, personally. No offence, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's you know, just swing your sword around and it'd be fine. And, it, in fact, Beat Saber is a, a bit of a good practice run for for Tempest 4, I've got to say. So, uh, So anyway, Warhammer Age of Sigmar Tempest 4, uh, which is developed by Carbon Studio. Uh, where's the name of the studio come from? Do you know?
1: Oh, you would have to ask the founders for that. (laughs) It's a a great name.
0: I suspect it's something to the basis of well,
1: most life. Oh, I would say I could guess. I could guess that it's uh, involving Silesia as the region. Poland. Oh, there you go.
0: There you go. Yeah.
1: But like I I said, I would like to uh, give our founders away explaining (laughs) the the name. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, everyone. That's all
0: right. But anyway, yes. uh Warhammer Age of Sigmar Tempest Fall was developed by Carbon Studio and is available on what platforms?
1: Uh it's Warhammer Age of Sigmar Tempest Fall is currently on PC VR, mm. Oculus Store and Viveport. There you go.
0: So I personally picked up at Steam VR, that's where I got it from, but I did play it on my Oculus Quest 2 headset, but I then hooked it up to my my PC to to play it, which you can mm-hmm. do as you have spoken about perfectly valid in fact you know um that's how that's how oculus prefer you to use that device they say no it's fine Mm -hmm. i mean they're still they're saying it's beta even after all this time pavel they're still saying it's beta it's not it's 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 absurd but i think they're doing that because just to to keep people's expectations quite low which is a bit silly (laughs) i think so as well
1: yeah yeah
0: but trust me it works a treat i've been playing on it for over a year now and it's been fantastic so pavel it's been fantastic having you on the show
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It was it was awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, it'd be a really good guest. You're welcome to come back to chat about whatever <laughs> next you're, you're cooking up. Who knows what that will be. But until then, thank you very
1: much. Thank you very much as well. Thank you.
0: You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Kane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash rinse for early, extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube and at our website, canarince.com